What's up? We are here. We are here. <laughs> oh yes, this is how we we start our our legacy. Um, we definitely are starting some kind of thing. Something is starting, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to step on your toes already. No, no you're good. Uh, what's going on with you? How's life? Um, who are you? What do you do? What's going on? In, in the words of, in the words of Karen Walker, what's going on? What's happening? What's this? Oh, oh, we're already starting with. Okay, okay. Yeah. First of all, that's like all-time favorite show uh, for those of you that don't know will and grace check it out please i beg it of is, you it is quite an amazing show it, i don't know that it'll hold yes, up gay icon megan mullally uh, true i don't know that it would hold up so great today but it, in in the 90s it was wonderful <laughs> oh you know what they they swung for the fences yes they did but yeah what's going on um, how's life anyways what's, what's happening yeah yeah so I'm Eddie. Hello. I am a nerd, a dork. Uh, we love that. My interests have stretched me in every fandom I've ever been a part of. I got kids. Uh, we love that. <laughs> we certainly do. I work in the healthcare field, and I am here to talk about nerd shit. Um, you go. We, we, love, we love the nerd shit. Um... Well, you know me, but for those who don't know me, um, I am affectionately known as a menace to society. No, um, uh, I am affectionately known as Xtofer, X-T-O-F-E-R. Sort of st- kind of stole that from Christina Aguilera because she uses X-Tina, so I decided uh. why not just use an X instead of Chris. Anyway... Um, yeah, I too am a nerd in all facets of the word. Uh, that rhymed. Look at us. Yeah, from pop culture shit to comic books to Power Rangers and, as you pointed out, Invader Zim. Yeah, I love nerd shit. So, that's me. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I also really like talking shit online, so. Oh, don't we all? You know. You know, I I have, and you've noticed this, I've rediscovered my love for Twitter. Um, in the beginning, when Twitter first came out, I was using it, and I was like, and this was back in, like, 2009, 2010, before Facebook really took off. Um, and I liked... Wait, is that, like, the, the texting the texting your tweets days? Say what? Is that the texting your tweets days, where, like, you had to... Yeah, kind of. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. No, like, there, it used to have be, be like, uh, like you would only, like, text message things? I think so. Like, to Twitter, that was, like, the original uh, bit? I think so. But, yeah, I I remember when Twitter first, first came out, um, I liked it because you could just talk about shit, and then... And this was like pre Facebook, and you know I like writing and and all that shit. So, and then Facebook happened, and I was like, oh, you mean I'm not limited to 140 characters? Like, I can just go off. Love that. There's there's so much about older Facebook that I miss. I used to do short stories and things yeah. on there just to like kind of like flex my writing muscle, like, and like I would tag people and be like, hey, is this any good? And, like post Zenga. Oh. 
God, don't even get me started about Zanga. I miss Zanga so Zanga much. Zanga in MySpace? Man. What a time, what a time. But um, yeah, I like I started using Facebook because I was like, oh, I'm not limited to what I have to say. I can just go off. But now with Twitter, and I know Alon is a supervillain um, that we hate, <laughs> uh, but there's something like really sort of special, I think, about Twitter and, and the way that people communicate on Twitter and and just the ability to be succinct with your words just really appeals to me. So I, I've rediscovered my love for Twitter and like talking about TV shows and reality shows and all that shit. So, you know, you see me on there. Yeah, fair talking enough. shit and cussing people yeah, out. I mean, I, <laughs> me personally, I'm just there to make fun of Stan accounts and also see the, oh. the main character of the day. I'm sorry. There's nothing about like devoting my entire like online presence to another human being that feels appealing to me like I know that there's it takes a special kind of guy Like, there was one time where I and this is I want to say like 2012 2011 2012 I just like in jest created a stan account for Brandy Glanville from uh, the Real Housewives and uh-huh. I named it Brandy Glanville's Tits because, like, it was from a, a, a an award show, and her 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 chest was just out there. So I created this account. Her thing, her things were thanging. Her things were thanging, and I think I made two tweets, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm over this. There's there's nothing exciting of, about <laughs> like tweeting from the 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 viewpoint of her breasts." So I've moved on from that life. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, as many gimmick accounts as there are out there, I do follow, like, a ton of them, because, like, I don't know, there's something, like, freeing about having an account that's, like, insanely consistent, as opposed to somebody that's just like, hey, you know... I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about wrestling. Um, but first, real quick, here's how I feel about trans people for no reason in particular, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. blocked. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's me. I, I said all of that to say that's me. I I love talking shit online, and I love comic books and nerd shit. So yeah. I, I mean, I'm all among right. Other well, things, I mean, like there's, yeah, there's, like fashion involved too, but. Ooh, we love fashion. You don't know what it's like. And by we love fashion, I mean I have seen really cool outfits and been like, that's a dope outfit, and that's as far as it goes. Um, the the hardest thing about uh, having worked in the fashion industry uh, is like the the constant like upkeep. Like I can't. I'm at a point now in my life where I can't wear the same outfit more than once without feeling self-conscious, thinking, like, somebody (laughs) has seen this already. So getting ready in the morning is terror for me now. I can't do it. Can't do it. And women get away... Like, Um, I think women get have it a lot easier. And I don't want to say they get away, but... I genuinely think women have it a lot easier. They can put on a, a paper bag, and it's considered fashion. Whereas men, like we, genuinely have to like put effort into putting on clothes. We can't just put on whatever. You say that, you say that, but I've seen Harry Styles on the red carpet, and I'm here to tell you that's not necessarily true. Shots fired. Yeah, shots fired. I. Mm. Yeah. 
I have feelings about that, man. <laughs> I think a lot of people have feelings, both good and bad. I'm you. I'm sort of indifferent. I don't really understand. Like, who does he make music for? And I, I've said this to you before. Like, who does he make music for? He makes music for people that think that K-pop and by proxy kimchi is too spicy. So palm-colored people so they get harry styles <laughs> not palm-colored the, the, people the palm-colored folk well let's let's not alienate a whole community on our first episode <laughs> <laughs> yes because we we don't want the i don't what's the uh what's the what's the harry styles fandom called the uh, we don't want the stylists to come after please, us please tell me that's not a thing i don't think it no. is i just made that off off the top of my head please okay, well, let's... also if there are stylists out there please don't come for me I don't care <laughs> fair very fair but yeah so that's that's us for for those listening to us ramble about shit that's us um, there's gonna be a lot more rambling where that oh, came from I'll tell you that so much so much rambling you know we, we talked about this a little bit and, and trying to figure out how to structure our our little old podcast, our little old chat session. Um, and I, I definitely want, in addition to the nerd shit, obviously, I, I definitely want to focus on, like, mental health stuff, because I think we both, and we, we've known each other a great deal of time. We've actually known each other more than half our lives, right? At least 20 years. What? No, we haven't. We've known each other maybe... Since college, that hasn't been 20 years. Don't do this. Don't do this oh, to no. me in public. See, I, this is why I will never be an accountant, because I can't do math. I'm only 36. Uh, uh-huh. So si- 16 years. <laughs> At, yeah. We'll say six, 15 years. Okay. A decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, in light of you know current social and socioeconomic shit, uh, just culture of the world i think we should talk about mental health and like do like regular check-ins and especially as 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 men um i think a lot of times we don't have these conversations we don't go in depth about our feelings and like we're just expected to just like be the strong friend so very true yeah, i definitely want to check in with you and see what's going on in your life and and hope you care about mine oh oh you know i do don't do that oh. um listen um thank you for letting me go first yeah. i appreciate that what's going um, on what's, what's things happening? have been really good uh well i just got introduced to my my newest born oh yes C- congrats um, i haven't we thank haven't you talked about that uh, yeah, it's been a journey. This is my third and final, but um, that's what they say. You know, he's been a treat so far. Uh, oh no, this is uh, this is a permanent one. Uh, your your boy got fixed. Oh, okay. um, right <laughs> uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's been a joy just because I leading up you don't realize how much you miss being a parent to a newborn until it happens again and then it's just like oh no i remember the tiny socks i remember the 3 a.m feedings i remember the uh like just changing the diaper every five minutes and just like watching that baby kind of 
give you cross eyes and then you're like, are you hungry or are you trying to take a dump? Um, so that's been a joy. Um, you know, I'm still trying to get my other two adjusted to it. I think that they're used to being the only two in the house, but, you know, trying to give them attention again while simultaneously caring for the baby, caring for the wifey, and just kind of like caring for the house and stuff. It stretches you a little thin, but luckily I have... I, I mean, you know, we get our our pressure releases once in a while. Like, wifey's got her shows. I'm usually just balling out on uh, my Switch and recently Monster Hunter, which has been really great because it lets me uh, play with my friends okay. and stuff. You know, talking to your homies and just kind of talking to other adults once in a while is really, really helpful when you're a parent. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think a lot of times you know people sort of look at video gaming as like this sort of childish like pastime or whatever and honestly like i'll say for me as a kid who who played video games a little bit but like you know my my parents were like lower middle class for a great deal and like video games was such an escape and like the ability to to communicate especially now in in 2024 where we have all of these these like these systems that are interconnected like the ability to communicate with our internet friends is such a a, a precious thing uh, that I don't think a lot of people realize when they talk about video games. They just think it's just this this immature thing, and you're a grown man playing video games. But like it, it keeps a lot of people sane. It keeps a lot of people just like grounded, and and that level of escapism I think is really important to keeping people like not crying in a corner. You know. Uh, big agree. As somebody that basically grew up on video games, because living in New York and uh, coming from uh, the part of Brooklyn where people clutch their purses closer. It's it's tough to find escapes outside of the house that don't involve uh, becoming a statistic. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, my mom did take me out of that environment and uh, was able to keep me safe from it long enough uh, that I could uh, go out on my own without fear of um, peer pressures leading me down the wrong path. Uh, so that that was that was uh yeah that was pretty integral to uh to that uh having myself a nintendo 64 because <laughs> it oh. meant that i wasn't going out and doing hood rat shit with my friends Listen. Uh, i i say this to my mom even now like you know this i have a huge like funko pop collection and my mom will make fun of me and she's <laughs> just like you know you're a grown-ass man like save your money or spend it on adult things uh, and I'm like, listen, I could be a crack addict. Like, do, do do you want do you want addiction or do you want? Well, I guess addiction. addiction. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. But yeah. listen, as a, as the owner of a few Funko Pops myself, I I get it. Listen. There was a point where I was just like, do I really need to buy? the next wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Funko Pops? And the answer was yes, yes by the absolutely. way. absolutely. It's a resounding yes. But that's really how so, they get you, because they keep releasing new ones. But. So that was me. Yeah. How are you? Um, honestly, I'm doing really well. Um, and I don't know that I could have said that, say, two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. I... Uh, 
I've had a little bit of a not a life change, but just a just a change in general. Um, and I've had to reevaluate a lot of stuff in my life, career-wise. Um, and I, I've been in the same career for the last eight years. What is this? Twenty twenty-four since twenty thirteen, so ten years. I really can't do math. You'll figure that out. Um, but since like <laughs> 2013, 2014, I've pretty much been in the same same field of work, and um, you know this, I moved down to D.C., and whenever I'm in D.C., I just feel this great sense of peace, but, you know, for a really long time, I was work- still working in New York and traveling back and forth, and, like, you know, it sounds as glam- it sounds super glamorous on paper, but traveling for work is a nightmare. It's emotionally draining, it's mentally draining, it's financially draining, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. That sounds like an awful trip, to be honest. <laughs> it's terrible. And, you know, D.C. to New York is only, you know, by train three and a half hours. But, like, when you're doing that, like, two and three times a week, like, it's, it is a drain on your body. Um, and I went to Africa back in uh, September. Uh, I went to Zanzibar. What? Oh, you didn't know this? Yeah, I went to Zanzibar. Um, and it was the thing that I needed to sort of help me reevaluate my life and where I'm at. And I came back to, to New York and, and I was just having a, a really rough time. Like my dad had died like a month before that. And like, there was just so much happening. I came back, to, back to New York and, and like work was just really difficult and, and, I talked to my boss and she realized that like just think things weren't right and we decided that it was best for me to take a break and so I I took a leave of absence from work and and it has been sort of a blessing like I've been able to be home and be with my fiance and like not have to carry the stress of like going up to New York and, and like as and as much as I hate New York right like I decided to in in that time since like mid September I decided I was just going to try something different and now I'm I love it like and I, within you know I started in a new position um in a completely different industry um uh, and within a month of being there like everything has just sort of gone in a, a different direction I've just had just a, a really great time um, and like I'm I've been in this position for a month now and I've already been offered a promotion like it, that doesn't take me to, yeah, like it doesn't take me away from home anymore like I get to sleep in my own bed every night and be next to my fiance and we 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 talk and it's just like it, it's it was the thing that I needed, um, I think, right. and and part of me still sort of regrets or or mourns um, the change, you know, because I I've, I've been in entertainment and, and media for so long, like I I had to, to I had this come to Jesus moment where I was like, am I just holding on to the idea of work or do I actually enjoy what I do? And as much as I enjoy what I do, like. I think a large part of me was just holding on to the the 
the response that I get when I tell people what I do. If that makes sense. Yeah, it feels glamorous. Yeah. But now I'm like... I'm, I'm happy. I'm actually happy, I think. So, yeah. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's kind of what's most important, you know? Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, and and, and the, the common theme or the common denominator is, are you happy? And going up to New York and, and, like, spending money, and granted, you know, my entire family is in New York, like, I had a place to stay, and I wasn't spending money on hotels and all that shit, but, like... I, I now have a much better sense of self and a level of peace that I don't think I've had in a really long time. So, yeah, I'm in a good place now, I think. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. You know, uh, it's it's not often that you hear that uh, from people that you really care about, especially like what you were saying earlier uh, with the way that conditions are now, whether uh, political, economical, social... Um, things are really funky out there and I think when you find some kind of peace that's a really comforting thing yeah. um, not only for yourself but I think for the people that care about you when they know that that's uh, one less thing that they have to worry about yeah. um, there's it, it's a salve you know Yeah. and like part of me there is a, a, a small part of me that is sad like you know my mom is getting older and you know going up, up to New York like I'm I'm able to see her regularly and like take care of things. Um, and then my sister just had a baby back in March. So like I, we have this newborn that, that is like so close to me that in a way that I haven't had in a really long time. So part of me is still a little bit sad that, that I don't have that, but my mom was always like, go live your life. And I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm doing that. And I'm, I feel a lot happier that there was, there were months where I, I realized recently I developed insomnia and I still have a, a little bit of it now, but, um, I developed a great deal of insomnia. Like I, I would go to sleep at 10 PM and be up at midnight and not fall back asleep until 5 AM. And I was just like, this is, this is wild. Like this is in 36 years, I've never had insomnia. So I'm, I'm moving in a better, much better place. I say all that to say I'm moving into a much better place. Well, like I said, I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Um Are we ready to move on? Have you gotten have you gotten when you felt off your chest? Yeah, I think so. Uh, All right. Yeah, well, I mean, let's... you know, there will there will be plenty of struggle sessions for us to talk about um what we're feeling that week. Yeah. Uh I think the important thing is is that um like you were saying before to show uh that uh, male companionship can allow the expression of emotion um, and whether those emotions are positive or negative, it's a good way to uh, like just kind of like go through what you're going through with somebody, yeah. you know? Yeah. And everybody needs somebody. It everybody doesn't necessarily have to be... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, even though we share, we share our lives with uh, our significant others, it's always good to have uh, outside people um, because, you know, at some point you're just trauma dumping on your partner and it's like, uh, you need, like, That's you know, real. you need, uh, that outside person to talk to as well. Cause you can only bum, you can only bum the person that you're with <laughs> out for so long. Right. Uh, very true. All right. So let's talk about some nerd shit. Let's talk about some nerd shit. All right. 
So, uh, by your recommendation, and I guess like literally every single person on the planet, uh, I've been playing The Last of Us. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. And it's been a wild ride. Um, yeah. It's been a little bit of a wild ride. And I'll say this, I'm, I'm, I'm having a really interesting time with it. Uh, some good, some bad. And I think a lot of it has to do with having watched the, sh- the HBO show first. So, I will say that's definitely uh, going to paint your perception of the game a little bit different. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more detail, character-wise, uh, that you're not getting in the game. Right. And, like, so I'll say for for, for the, the Bill and Frank uh, storyline, for me, like... I wish there was that level of detail played out in the game. Like, as a queer person, right? Like, what they what they showed us on screen was so beautiful and, and, and magnificent. And then to, to play the game sort of just several months after for the first time and not get that level of detail and and and, and to have it sort of explained in that way. Like, I felt sort of deprived in Cheated. the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, well, see, that's why I was saying, like, uh, the, the show really, really paints Bill and Frank in a different way than uh, than it does in the game. In the game, it's it's very much uh, implied. Yeah. It, and, and, and even the even, implication is even, so... Not even implied that intently. It was... It's sort of just a little bit of a... a there's all these throwaway lines like Mm -hmm. you know there's that 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 thing where anytime uh a person uses partner uh you're immediately your initial thought is oh they're probably queer uh but like that was such a throwaway line and it, it it felt it just felt empty right so i'm yeah i mean i i Good. Well, I was going to say, um, I think that uh, the the difference is, is that at the time that The Last of Us was made, uh, partner wasn't really in the lexicon widespread as a uh, as a life partner. You know, obviously, right. um, you you being you being queer and me uh, at the very least being in the circumference of queer culture uh, mm-hmm. because of people in my life, we understand partner has a very very different meaning to say like a post-apocalyptic world where you're just like oh no that's my partner right but at the same time it's very i feel like it was very deliberate to say my partner because calling somebody your partner in like i don't know like the wild west or something Mm -hmm. or like if you guys are like green berets or like professional hitmen, that means something different right. than if you guys are like struggling uh, post society. Maybe it's maybe it's because everything that I know about The Last of Us came in sort of a a, a modern way. Like I I didn't find out about the game until 
2018. At, at the earliest, I think I found out about it 2018, and I think that was when the second one came out. Uh, so for Criminally me... Criminally long time to have not played that game, but, I will say. But then I, I'm reminded that the, the first one came out in like 2013 or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a fairly long time. And and someone else had, had mentioned, like, yeah, like, using that language... And, and this is weird, too, for me. Like, when I watch the show and when I like see all these storylines played out in the game the game is pretty gay like start to finish yeah like the game is pretty yeah gay. like even and I haven't played the second one yet but like even and this may be a little problematic to say but like even the way, the way that that Abby is designed like it's and I don't I don't know much about Abby. Like I said, I haven't played the second one. I, I I just know bits and pieces. But like even her design is there's a little bit of queerness hinted at it. Um, like Ellie obviously is in in a queer relationship. Like I know a lot about this game without having played it. But yeah, like most of this game start to finish is is pretty gay. So to to see how much it's sort of inferred or or hinted at or you know not explicitly said is kind of weird for me having found out about most of this in more of a modern time uh, when when these topics weren't so taboo and like not that 2013 was that long ago so it's, it's interesting it's a really interesting uh, foray into that universe for me well I'll say for sure um, like culturally speaking 2013 and 2018 are so far apart because like we're talking like i think it was like right before federal legalization of gay marriage if not like right around that time mm. and there you had that that one lady uh that refused to like uh sign a gay birth uh gay marriage certificate oh yeah uh like there was there was like that so demon. much around that time yeah, uh, there was like there was like so much uh, stigma still, and like you know, not that that doesn't exist today. Yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> like literally, like look at what's going on. I think that those stigmas they kind of like started to uh, fade a little bit, and unfortunately, we you know after 2016, we were still in a really really strange time culturally. But um... stranger. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and things <laughs> things have not improved, but, uh, you know, I will say that there has been a much larger normalization from 2013 into 2018 uh, where it regards uh, queerness. Uh, you know, there's a lot more widespread acceptance. Uh, I mean, even if you just look at... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm agreeing, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, even if you look at, like, the way that, like, uh, television and movies changed around uh presenting queer people as like forward characters as opposed mm -hmm. to uh like uh, a woman's uh accessory or right. uh sort of like somebody played for laughs in in an office setting you know like there's uh there's now actual levels to these people yeah. um that they're allowed to have um and, and i think that that's yeah yeah and like going back to we mentioned Will and Grace earlier. Like, as as much as Will and Grace has not aged, it in a good way. I think a, what's really wonderful about that show is it was one of the first that sort of gave 
queer characters sort of a level of humanity, right? And and treated them with, yeah. with some semblance of dignity. Yes, Jack is, is a stereotype, but what I love about Will and Grace is I find that it a lot of the jokes and the the the, the digs are I feel like told by queer people. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, listening to it back now, some of it is really cringe, but also some of it is understandable and, like, like the language is still there um, in a really good way. Um, yeah. So it's interesting you, you say that, and we talked about Will and Grace earlier. I find that really sort of full circle. Yeah, and, like, Will and Grace, like, certainly at the time that it was... Uh, being uh developed and and put out there uh that was also a really rough time (laughs) like for queer characters because they still would have like even the idea of a woman being less feminine than normal and i'll just use uh an episode of friends as an example uh there was a woman that like used to be bald and Mm -hmm. she was like a friend of uh rachel or uh what's the other one's name uh Uh, i never watched friends (laughs) uh monica it's okay monica there we go um yeah um it was like either a friend of rachel's or monica's and then uh i think like ross was trying to hook up with her and then she talked about how she used to be bald and then they were like oh you should try being bald again so she did it and then ross immediately was disinterested and i was just like all right well you know there's like there's two things to that like you can treat it as Oh well, you know it's it's funny because she's bald, so now she's not like a hot lady, and that's like demonstrably untrue. She's just bald. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What a time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thing that I, I one thing I've I've learned about like adaptations, right, is the the source material is typically chock full of detail and 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 like it like books for example have so much more in-depth storytelling and and whatnot and it's interesting with the last of us to to go in and having watched the show first and seeing all of the detail put all of the detail and the, and the care put into the characters on the show not play out on screen through the game, and that's that's a really interesting dynamic for me because I I wanted to see more of these relationships, like even with the 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 brothers. I forget what their Sam and Henry. Um, even that part sort of felt rushed, and 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 I just felt empty after like playing through that like. He, he, and I don't, spoiler alert, I'm going to put a spoiler alert for anyone who has not. Please, big spoiler alert. <laughs> for anyone who has not list, uh, played the video game. Um, or watch the show. Or watch the show. Uh, you know, Sam gets bitten and it's not, you know, he, he, he it's not shown sort of explicitly on, throughout the game and then the very next scene he's already turned and then he attacks Ellie and then Henry shoots him and then they move on. Whereas in the show, like there's, there's this level of, of 
intricacy that's that's put in place and like you you get to explore more of the 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 friendship that they have as brothers and then the 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 parent child dynamic that they have as brothers like i think the the show is amazing and it deserves every award uh, because of what they were what they took from the game and expanded on i think it, it just is magnis- magnificent and to play it so much later after watching the game i'm i'm sort of i'm a little a little empty and that's such a weird place to be yeah i got to say uh once again i really think that uh having seen the show before you played the game really is going to take a lot out of the game for you because mm. as narratively structured as it is it is still just a video game, you know? Fair. Like, yeah. they're not allowed to explore these people the way they want to because you're busy trying to collect enough alcohol and bandages to make a first aid kit. Yeah. But, so, for the second one, you know, the, the remaster just came out. I've decided that I'm going to beat that first before watching season two because I, I would assume that season two they're going to, you know, dive into the second game. Um, especially having just cast Abby, so I I imagine season two will focus heavily on the second game, um, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm like I I refuse to watch the second season until I I beat the game uh, because I don't want this feeling. <laughs> I don't want to have the same feeling again twice in a row. You know. Well, I will tell you that from what I know, because I haven't played part two either. Um, I do have it, and I will get around to it eventually, okay. but um, I have heard that 2 is a lot more narratively structured than the, than the first one is. I did watch it played, but, like, I know of the characters, but I don't know how much, I, you know, I didn't spend much time watching it, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to sort of diving into that and you know, seeing where that takes me. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny uh, because at the beginning of this um, talk about The Last of Us, you did mention adaptations. And that's kind of the big subject that we have for today's episode. We're talking about video game adaptations and why I think that they are awful and should be purged. Um, Oh, here we go. Or at at, at least I had that opinion when you had brought up um, that Assassin's Creed was good and not to at you. And I pushed back at first, but you told me, go watch it. And so I did. And? I will not take back my statement that video game adaptations need oh. to stop because I have okay. much larger feelings. I have much larger feelings about uh, IP okay. and the way that... Um, our entertainment i'm not gonna say like you know like don't get your chocolate in my peanut butter um but i will that say a, that like there that comes a, a point that is a oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. that mm. i don't know where that, <laughs> that is a from, phrase but that is a phrase but continue <laughs> uh you you can take that however which way well, you wish um right. but um in just in the sense of like um, there comes a time where we have to realize that people have become uh, creatively uh, stuck. And when production companies are 
not willing to take the risk on somebody that wants to put out an original story, we lean on IP. And uh, like I said, that's a much larger thing that I have with um, like the the MCU, the DC extended universe. Um, whenever there's like a new uh, young adult novel that they want to turn into a series, like a movie series or a TV series, uh, converting anime to live action, like it's just like, hey, why don't we get some original stories out there? Because you know these things already exist; they'll always be there. You're only gonna piss off the fandom. Like the chances of you getting something right and getting more money out of this is pretty low. Like even like I'm not gonna say it's not a big risk to do that, but I just sometimes and I will let the record show for a video game adaptation specifically which we are talking about um it's uh pretty uneven like the like the hit and miss uh <laughs> I I disagree I think we've gotten way more positive video game adaptations than we've gotten lazy attempts like just monster hunter well okay i haven't seen it but i do have a lot of feelings about that director and his obsession with his obsession wife obsession with his wife like and i love me no i i love it but at some point like and and like directors do this all the time like we see it with tim burton and we see it with with wes anderson like directors do it all the time fucking uh oppenheimer dude christopher nolan like he casts the same people in all of his projects but at some point we have to stop forcing mila jovovich into this action star role um and there's nothing nothing necessarily against her but i think you lose a lot of the allure and the the interest and the intrigue when you keep putting the same people in the same roles each and every time like cool caster but why does she have to be the main character and and again nothing against her her acting i, I love her she's great resident evil is wonderful um well resident evil mm. one and two is <laughs> that's on my shit list too but yeah, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I I also wasn't interested because I'm like, here we go again, Mila Jovovich. Like, uh, Fifth Element, wonderful, we love her. Perfect film, but... Timeless. Like, can we stop? But I say all that to say, um, I think we've gotten a lot more good adaptations than we've gotten bad. Like, Sonic the Hedgehog, like, true video or classic video games I'll say like Sonic the Hedgehog look what what we got with that like just a a a solid lighthearted fun action packed but not too action heavy like there was comedy it was all of the things that make just a feel good movie feel good right Um, I concede that and like with Assassin's Creed, I don't care what anyone says. I I will. This will be the the hill that I die on. Assassin's Creed the the film was amazing. Like it it took from 
the source content and 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 this is on the heels of them spoiler alert killing Desmond um, after mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 3 um, terrible choice if they were going to keep making these absolutely, games absolutely absolutely like the reason people played that game is for Desmond um, Desmond rocked you know on the heels of that like I think Ubisoft trying to was it Ubisoft yep yeah trying to sort of bounce back from killing Desmond you know it, it we had uh, Jeremy Irons anything with Jeremy Irons is going to be great Jeremy Irons is as yes as uh, uh, what's her name is it Marie Cotillard I don't know how to pronounce Marie it Marie Cotillard that that wonderful French lady um, Jeremy Irons is her father come on now like put Jeremy Irons in anything, and it it's an instant hit. Um, but like it's it, I think a, a a great deal of the backlash that that game got was from everyone thinking it was going to be an adaptation of the first three films. And when and you know what, it's actually fine that it wasn't. I agree. But so many people were like, "Oh, it's such a terrible film! It's such a terrible film!" But no one ever ex- explains why. And what I found is because everyone just went in thinking that it was going to be one two, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3 on film. And it wasn't. Uh, I think the acting was, was great. I think they, they decided, much like, you know, Assassin's Creed is an anthology uh, franchise. They decided to follow that same path and gave us a different a new version of the video game that in my opinion holds up against the first three films or the first three games sorry can i just say just piggybacking off of what you said i think it's cool that um as opposed to giving one man several different periods like you know desmond had altair Ezio, and uh connor um, I think it was awesome that instead of giving it all to one guy, that they just had a bunch of people that got thrown in the Animus, and it's just like, all right, well, you have an ancestor that was in the guild, or yeah. like, you have an ancestor that was in the guild. And, like, doing that instead, and stacking the deck of actors in that film. Michael K. Like, Williams, rest like, in peace. Michael K. Williams, oh my god. Like what you said for Jeremy Irons, that's how I feel about Michael K. Williams. If I see him in something, I'm like I'm locked in. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I I also think it set up the the ability for dozens of spinoffs from spinoff games and spinoff movies, I, I, which I don't think is an easy task to pull off. Um, you know, much like what you said, you you put all of these people in and said, "Okay, you've got an ancestor, you've got an ancestor." <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they were able to to effectively set up dozens of spinoffs and allow this franchise to continue. And look where we, look where we're at now. Like we got Odyssey and Valhalla, which I think both are. are I did, never finished Odyssey. Um, I also didn't finish Valhalla. Actually, and I didn't finish Black Flag. So I didn't finish any of the <laughs> Assassin's Creed games. Um, but yeah, I think that... Full disclosure, I kind of stopped playing after Black Flag. 
it was kind of it was too much for me and i think like the the arkham games were coming out by then and i was oh, just yeah. like oh this is more fun uh i finished one two and three and then did syndicate and uh unity which i i finished both of those and then when the black flag i did not like and then they introduced Bayek, and I was like, "Oh, first black assassin," um, and did That's not like right. did not like that game. Damn. <laughs> uh, and then Odyssey came out, and it was like, "Cool, first official female." Uh, well, you could pick between the male and the female, uh, but right. I think most people picked the female character. Um, Odyssey was the uh, Greek one, right? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it, it, I think I think the Assassin's Creed film did what it it effectively did what it set out to do was bounce back from killing Desmond and it gave us a dozen more avenues to go down. And now we've we're getting another film I think this year, the end of this year or an, another game this year. So. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they could realistically churn them out forever. Like, they'll just be like, uh, I don't know, uh, let's do let's do China this year. And I think like, I think it is China right. that's yeah. coming out, or they've done China oh, nice. and it's another Asian country, something like that. I, I I don't remember off the top of my head, but okay. Um, so yeah, I I like I said, hill that I will die on a thousand times. Assassin's Creed, the film is. A great adaptation, and a lot of it gets a lot of unne- unnecessary hate. Okay, so, um, y'all, so y'all can at me, y'all can fight me in the comments. I don't care. Standing ten toes down. <clears throat> Very nice. Um, let me go back to uh, why video game adaptations need to stop. Uh, I'm gonna say two words, and you tell me how you feel. Uwe Boll, director of such beautiful films as The House of the Dead, Far Cry, Postal, Blood Rain. Oh, did I ever play Blood Rain? I don't think I played it. I think I always. I'd be shocked it. if you didn't. I think I always confused it with Heavenly Sword. I don't know how you did that, but there was a lot. I believe of, you. There was a lot of red. I just remember a woman and red. So, uh, Blood Rain is the story of uh, Natasha Henstridge looking really hot in a one-piece outfit. I think doing it before they gave ScarJo the chance to do it with Black Widow. Uh Um, And she has these two impractical swords, very impractical swords. And you... They go around hunting Nazis. That's like the whole thing. You're just a vampire girl that hunts Nazis. Oh, right. She's a vampire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every adaptation of a video game that I've seen directed by Uwe Boll is uh, straight up doo-doo. Well, Um, so that... I encourage you to see them just because they're so bad, um, but never look at them again after. But see, that's, that's a director issue, not... Or directing and writing, not necessarily the the content like it just sounds like this person is a terrible director 
Oh no, he is. Uh, he very much is. He's. Uh, I have other feelings about Uva Bowl, but um, we don't have to get into that. Um, all right, let's move in a different direction. Uh, Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Oh, okay, so yeah, this is not gonna. This is not going to support my cause at all. I. <laughs> I, I feel two ways about this film. I am typically in the minority where bad films are concerned. I typically, I usually like bad films. Um, and I really like Kristen Crook. So I saw that film and I was like, this is fine. <laughs> like, I don't hate this. Okay, I'll bring up two things in that movie in particular. Uh, I believe it was Michael Clark Duncan, Duncan that played Balrog. Do I have that right? Probably, um, yes. And uh, he <clears throat> punched Chun-Li's mother so hard she died of cancer. Oh, I don't remember that. You don't remember that. Um, and two, Bison, as opposed to being one of the coolest uh, fighting game villains of all time, in the film is portrayed by um, an a very very blonde white man <laughs> uh so blonde that i'm worried he's albino uh Actually, I, i'm gonna have to look he, this up that man is very pale i forget the actor's name but he's been in like a ton of things that you've seen for sure uh were you ever a uh, a cw arrowverse person yes oh i know who it is uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah you know pl- what i'm talking he about he plays um, uh homie from 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 arrow He's got the square, yeah, yeah, I think bald dude, square head, blue eyes. No, blonde dude, square head. I'm pretty sure in in Arrow he's bald. I know who you're talking about. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, weapons dealer. Not very uh, <laughs> good looking in the uh, doing martial arts category. I gotta say, and this is like from an iconic character. Like, I'm sorry, the Psycho Crusher is probably one of the coolest moves of all time. Uh, yeah, well, th- so the problem with, with a Street Fighter adaptation is you'll never, you can't hold the, nothing that comes after it will hold a candle to the original. I didn't even say the original. <laughs> the original, too, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Awful film. Oh, all right, well, this has been fun, and I'm leaving like, how can you not, Listen. like, everybody is in that film. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Raul Julia, Ming-Na, uh, uh, Kylie Minogue, everybody is in that film. Come on. There are only, there are only maybe three people in that movie that I will say uh, really encapsulated the characters, and that's Wes Studi as Sagat. Okay. Um, Kylie Minogue for sure as Cammy. Like you couldn't do a better casting job at that time, especially yeah. like Kylie Minogue. Like, it, come on, like she's she's got the body. She looks and sounds like Cammy. Like you really, and of course, the illustrious Ming-Na Wen. You really can't beat her. However, the rest of that movie, I'm sorry to say. The only reason Raul Julia took that job is because his kids said he liked Street Fighter 2. I remember that. And he was just like, yeah, I guess I'll do Street Fighter. Why not? My kid likes it. And he died. 
Well, damn. How do we go here? I will say, um, the, <laughs> the, oh, the, shit. he did deliver probably one of the coldest lines in a movie where he was just like, uh, what was it? Um, the, the day your, that Lord Bison graced your village was the greatest day of your life. And for me, it was Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, or something to that effect. I don't know. The, like, like I said, and I preface this with, I'm typically in the minority. I usually like bad films. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I base whether or not... And, and I, I can be really objective about this. But what determines a good film for me a lot of the times... In, in the, the fantasy genre, the, the, the sci-fi fantasy genre, is how did it make me feel? Like, I remember, like, even to this day, I get excited about Street Fighter. I get ex- excited about Tomb Raider. And yes, Tomb Raider's probably in the higher echelon of, of video game adaptations, but, like, how did it make you feel? Ooh, like Can I? Uh-oh. Can I interject real quick? Sure. Angelina Jolie or Alicia Vikander? Okay, so I went the, to the premiere for the Alicia Vikander one, and I really enjoyed it. Okay. But I think there's a there is there's something about a classic like the originals. I'll say this too: you, I don't think it's possible to compare the two versions of Tomb Raider. One is based off of the old game. And it wasn't even necessarily based off the old game. They they took that character and created a story around it. And the Alicia Vikander sure. version is a true adaptation to the the Rise of the Tomb Raider series. So I don't right, think right. it's really possible to compare them. They're they're two completely different versions of that character. Uh, Fair. I do like that the the Angelina Jolie has more of the sort of fantasy aspect with it like I repeat that that uh, that poem to myself like at least once a month like uh, and now I've already forgotten it the to witness time in the grain of a, of a, of sand or something like that like I forget who that poem is by but like the Tomb Raider Two is is like a really fun film, and I don't think it's possible to compare it because they're two completely different versions of that character. So I right. think they're both good. Okay. I, I right. genuinely think Fair. they're both good. I like that. Okay, here's here's one, and if you say you don't like this, I cannot trust you, just on a, a human level. Final Fantasy. I don't like this. Seven Advent Children. Not a true video game adaptation. It's more of a sequel side story, but it's the same characters in their own. Like, I guess it's a. I guess it really is a sequel to the video game. Like, did you did you watch Advent Children? Like, oh yeah, I I actually um. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw a preview. I, I don't know if you were ever like a mall rat in the late 90s, early 2000s. But uh, yeah, there always used to be this one guy that had a booth in the middle of the uh, 
like in the middle of the mall that would have like all the martial arts films. Oh no. And all the really bad dubs of like uh, animes and stuff, like uh, like movies that you just straight up couldn't find in the U.S. because okay. like Blockbuster was dead, so they didn't have the uh, English dubs and like you know like various reasons. But yeah. um, they always had like bootlegs of every single one of these movies. So okay. I got Final Fantasy VII Advent Children from this very man, and I gotta say, I went home, I watched it like maybe three times in a row not even kidding just because like it was so it was so good and all i could think was like this is so much better than um playing through that slog of a video game because i full disclosure cannot stand jrpgs okay every jrpg has like a new system you have to learn and i'm really lazy i'm such like a pick up and play kind of guy that if they're making me learn an entirely new system for how to like work people's classes and stuff like i mean i'm immediately disinterested like i can't play stuff like uh like elden ring or any of those from software games because like they're always just like oh well you know here's like a here's a tree that you get and like if you get this weapon you gotta like do a whole bunch of stuff to your character stats and things and i'm just like Mm, numbers okay bored uh, <laughs> I was the same way I get it and then I played Elden Ring and, and fell in love oh yeah you're yeah. you're an Elden Ring person it's it's quite quite good but continue oh I'm fully aware that I'm in the minority like oh. the extreme minority because everybody I've ever spoken to about that game is only praise yeah it's, it's a solid game yeah I'm like I said this is purely me being lazy and not wanting to learn entire new uh like systems of gameplay for context i kind of only played overwatch for a really long time and i recently had to let it go because i'm over it now wait how have you played overwatch and we never played together i think that you and i played together maybe once you're right i you're it was one time it was like literally one time yeah. and then after that I don't think we ever played again. Yeah. Um I also like I had like a group of people that I consistently played with and it got to the point with the shenanigans in the game that especially like the way that we got screwed over by Overwatch oh. 2 and by extension Blizzard and I I don't know your feelings about that but all I'll say is I put down a considerable amount of money to get a full game. And I got maybe a quarter of a game, and yeah, that's a that is a conversation for another day because we could we can talk forever about Overwatch and their fuck ups. Yeah, but that's not why we're here. Um, <laughs> Advent Children. Um, I just I remember the first time I was just like, oh, so like Sephiroth's not going to be in this one, huh? I don't know how he would because he's dead already, but you know. Um, and then, like, when they brought in the three brothers, I was just like, oh, okay, they kind of look like Sephiroth. That's mm-hmm. weird. And then, like, as the story kept going, I was just like, oh, we getting Sephiroth. <laughs> I don't know how, but we're getting him. And, uh, like, you know, like, all the fight scenes in that uh, in that movie are really cool. Like, it's kind of great to hear. I don't know if they were the original VAs for it, but I do remember them being, like, uh in the uh in the uh, Final Fantasy remakes they sounded very much alike 
to the oh, uh, to the Advent Children movie. Like, I don't know. Who, like I said, I don't know who they got for those, but um, the VAs were very awesome. Uh, it was cool to see. I think it's a lot of new voice actors for the the remake. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. believe Christy Carlson Romano came back, or maybe she did. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, they they did sound sound very close. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. possible. There's always a paycheck somewhere, so you know, might as well get it. I, like I said, it, I think it's one of the best adaptations or sequels, whatever you want to. I got into a really, really big argument with my fiance about this, uh, it's like back in June, about whether Advent Children and the remake are sequels or remakes, like true remakes or if they're sequels it was a really big argument uh, but yeah I think compared to like Blood Rain and, and, and Chun-Li and all, all of those like that is a solid film like more than solid it's it's an amazing film uh, and well animated too and well animated like I don't think there's a single person who's ever watched that film and is like oh this is bad like I don't think there's a single person on earth who did not enjoy that film. So, you know. Yeah, I I will say if you were a fan of Final Fantasy VII, uh, you weren't you weren't walking out of that movie disappointed. Right. I bought it on DVD, then I bought it on Blu-ray, then I I bought it on DVD, then I bought it on Blu-ray, then I bought the 4K Blu-ray. I have that film. That's right. In so many on so many formats. That's right. So yeah, I think I think video game adaptations uh, I think you need to find the the right one. I think you've been you've been uh burned with some of the the more terrible ones and we won't talk about Dragon Ball. We won't pretend Dragon Ball doesn't exist. What? Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball Z with uh I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right. Yes. That's that is the thing that doesn't exist. It was not created. Nope. Yeah. Never happened. Nope. Oh. Definitely didn't feel a way about Emmy Rossum or Justin Chatwin or anybody else involved in that movie and at that, all. Definitely wasn't mad about the way that they portrayed <laughs> King Piccolo. Definitely wasn't mad about any of that. I love Because that never Rossum. happened. I really love Emmy Rossum. Uh, okay. I'm mad more because she's like the type of actress that like if you put her as Bulma and then got like real writers behind that movie you're just like oh Emmy Rossum could be an extremely cunty Bulma and it would work yeah alright let me ask you a question yeah uh <laughs> gun to your head you have to choose between keeping one forever dragon ball oh boy (laughs) i think you know where i'm going with this (laughs) the last airbender are you about to say the last airbender yep oh god uh i'm gonna be real with you i'm going to say dragon ball evolution just because i couldn't stand the way that they like If you're going to adapt a television series and 
you're kind of like going pound per pound for pound on the vision um in particular i'll use uh i'll, I'll stick with the last airbender because i don't ever really want to talk about dragon ball honestly um if we're talking pound for pound and your thing is i'm going to um keep that same energy with the adaptation where each nation is a specific uh race or uh ethnicity of people and like you know it's like kind of recognizable culturally speaking mm -hmm. obviously we know earthbenders like very predominantly like uh china uh fire nation obviously japan um and the uh the wind is more like kind of like uh like nepal uh maybe uh oh, see, I, I leaning thought, towards tibet i thought the fire nation was more south asian no, no, no. In the in the live adaptation, very much so. Oh, yes, okay. they are South Asian. I have my feelings about that, but I'll get to that in a second. We feel so, the same way. We continue. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't really. Um, I don't really get how they kept that same energy for the uh, for the Earth Nation and the Fire Nation, but couldn't match that because they just cast white kids as water tribe jackson rathburn <laughs> jackson rathburn Come are you on. kidding me i don't even remember the girl's name oh, mm. i don't think she's worked a day since but mm, probably has we just don't know because do you remember her name nope all right there we go um but <laughs> but yeah like we're talking about like you know, you could have kept that same energy. Like, if they had kept Aang... Uh, like, if they if they were just like, yeah, Aang is white, whatever. I'd have been like, okay, fine. But, like, if you're making the entire Fire Nation all South Asian, or some variation of uh, brown people, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's keep it moving. Because, like, the Earth Nation, very much, like... East Asian, like, Northeast Asian. Right. Um, like, you can see a lot of that in there. And, like, in the presentation of the characters as well, I'm glad that they didn't go just only East Asian because they could have very well just found a ton of Japanese actors to be the people in of the Fire Nation. Like, that would have been really easy for them, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but I think it was cool that they decided to give a different part of Asia a chance, and a lot of people don't remember or have ever learned that India was a land of conquerors. Like, they're... they're their kings and warriors like they they were fighters like they whooped ass you yeah. know like for real so to give them the chance i mean to kind of be the uh like the imperialist country like really really like from and i believe that uh this had to have come from some sense of pride from m night Shyamalan was just like yo like put respect on my people like you know we were fighters too yeah Everybody always talks about like the glory of Japan or like the uh, like the enduring the enduring Chinese spirit, which is all well and all because there's lots of like martial arts films where they portray both of those countries as like very like very positive and very like the indomitable spirit of the Asian man. But yeah. a lot of times, most people don't even consider Indians to be Asian because they don't understand that India is in Asia. Oh, speak on it. 
But yeah, I will say that for all those nice things that I just said, <laughs> I will never. Mm, no, sorry. I would never have bought Dev Patel as being someone menacing. Hmm. But now he's older and hotter and has a beard. So. Does he have a beard? Is it graying? What's that? Is it graying? No, I don't think it is. He's a, he. Have you not seen the Green Knight? I haven't, and I really wanted to. Ooh, you're gonna have to see the Green Knight. He is fantastic in that, and not like a menacing character, but like you know, like there's um, there's a there's a, a sense of like strength that comes from him. And I know that I shouldn't say that, considering that Zuko in the original, uh, like in the animation, like is only outwardly. Uh, presenting as a strong masculine character yeah. when he has his insecurities inside and like you know like they kind of reflect that throughout the series but like babyface Dev Patel like is just it's not it's not translating it's as 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 we would say it's not giving it's not giving at all um, and really neither is anybody else in the movie if I'm being perfectly honest like uh, there are so many actors in that, like, uh, <laughs> like the main, the main villain of book one of Avatar, like was played by Asif Mandvi. And I was just like, dude, you were on the daily show like a month ago. Don't do this to me. Oh no. Yeah. So, so gun to your head, you're keeping Dragon Ball. I'm keeping Dragon Ball purely for the memes. That's real. That's real. All right. All right. Well, we talked about some 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 adaptations. We we talked about some adaptations. Lord, we certainly did talk about some adaptations. Um, I think that we're wrapping up. Then yeah. is that about sound right? I think so. All um, right. Um, you know, give give adaptations another try. And if you don't, that's fine too. Actually. Actually, it's cooler if you don't. But also, it's cooler if you do. <laughs> Give adaptations a chance. I don't know. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, starting The Last of Us 2 without having a reference point. Um, so that I can just judge it by the, judge the show by the source content later. Okay, and I think I might start with you just so that I can get it out of the way and uh, be another person that supported a game that makes uh, real real gamers just so pissed that That's there's a, a woman and and another woman and uh. yeah, it's it's wild how much hate those characters have gotten just. Ugh, and we can talk about fan fanboys and all of that another time. Not even gonna go. Oh, fandom that. is gonna be. That's going to be an episode. We will be discussing fandoms. Oh, as long as we don't talk about Beyonce. Let's let's. Spoiler alert! I hate Beyonce. <laughs> no, 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 no! You can't do this on the first episode. <laughs> 
Oh no, I've ruined it. I've ruined it for all of us. Okay, no, 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 no. Nope, we're not doing this. We're cutting that out. <laughs> if you if you got if you've got a plug, if you want to drop your uh, if you want to drop your Twitter at uh, do that. Oh. Uh, disregard everything he just said <laughs> about Beyonce. That actually never happened. Actually, oh, no. Beyonce is fine. Beyonce Renaissance is tour. Beehive. Uh, getting getting formation. Uh, uh, who run the world, girls? If you have to say something to Christopher, uh, put it on mute. Oh Lord. Um. <laughs> well, what a way to go out. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for all of uh, my socials, I'm I'm really bad at this. I never for. I never remember what my social media platforms are. It's terrible. Um, I'm oh, on... baby, we're running a business now. You're gonna have to. Oh God, um, I'm on. Tw- Actually, you got to look now. Jesus, what is my Twitter? You know my Twitter probably better well, than I do. Well, while, while Christopher is looking, you uh, can find oh, me. Yeah, go ahead. At you can find me at Kid Oso. That is K I D zero S zero. And you can find me at on Twitter at X-T-O-F-E-R underscore R-O-B-N. That's Christopher Robin. Like the little skinny white boy that played with the bear. So and much we of, do love a skinny white boy that plays with bears. So much of my life has been dictated by books. Not the, oh, I thought you were going to say so much of my life has been dictated by skinny, skinny white, white boys, boys and bears. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's true, too. Um... All right, brother. This has been this has been fun. The Av. This has been the Av. Yeah. Did we go the whole episode without, without saying t- the name of the show? Yeah, we did. Listen, it's a work in progress. We're learning. It's the first episode. We're, we'll get it right next time. Welcome to the Av, everybody. Welcome yeah. to the Av. We're, we're we're two two millennials from New York, not from Queens, which I have been made aware of you're not from queens um yeah so for me the av means something different it's flatbush by the way it's flatbush av and it's jamaica Ave for me um yeah we'll learn we'll get it we'll, we'll make sure we put it in the beginning next time <laughs> <laughs> um all right well this has been a lot of fun i'm looking forward to this journey with you that's this is gonna be interesting i've i've talked about i've talked about wanting to talk about shit for a really long time and i appreciate you sort of giving me the kick in my ass to sort of get me to do it because this has been this has been a long time coming so yeah 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 it's nice to 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 start this with somebody well i'm very excited to be the one to do it with you because uh Honestly, ditto. I have all these thoughts running through my head and nobody to discuss them with, but I do now. And the fact that it's you kind of makes this a lot easier. Right on, right on. All right, so before we get any more sentimental, um, I'll catch you on the flip side, or next week. Next week is the flip side. Deuces! (laughs) Deuces!